This is the KGEZ Good Morning Show with John Hendricks and Robin Mitchell. Now, Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. 15 minutes with one of Northwest Montana's newsmakers. Glacier Bank's totally free checking saves you both time and money. Visit your nearest Glacier Bank office today. There's a convenient location near you. Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. And today we welcome Senator John Tester. Good, good morning. morning, John. Well, good morning to you both. I'm fighting a bit of a throat cold right now, but we're doing good. Uh, 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 well, I shouldn't really say that. We're still dysfunctional as hell in D.C. But, <laughs> but the truth is, is that personally we're doing good, and I hope you guys are having a great holiday season and getting ready for Christmas. Well, we sure are. John, um, I, I, this is kind of off the cuff here, but I'd like to get your impressions of uh, yesterday's visit uh, from uh, Volodymyr Zelensky and uh, the response from the Republican-controlled House. Yeah, so it's uh, he's he's a powerful leader, and and he's he's you know he addresses us in English, which is pretty amazing in and of itself. Not through an interpreter, he's he's doing the talking, and he is uh, he's very very good. He's very good at telling people the way things are, the challenges that they're going through in Ukraine, and what what Vladimir Putin has done to them for no particular reason, just because he thought he could overrun them. He was also very good at talking to him about, uh, talking to us about how critical the support the United States has for Ukraine and how appreciative of it he was of past support because he said we wouldn't be here where we were. One of the things he said that I thought was pretty informative is, you know, Russia came in. They've, they've actually taken back half the land that Russia initially took up in that fight which is pretty amazing because, uh, you know, Russia's, Russia's a big, big country, much bigger country, much more resources to pull from than Ukraine does. And uh, it's just amazing. So um, he came out of that meeting and it was, um, it was a powerful meeting, guys. I mean, it was just very, very powerful and came out. And of course, you guys have been reading the paper and you know, the, the fight here is not about Ukraine funding. It's about funding for the southern border. Um, if I was doing it, I would do it a little different, but we are where we are. And I think that on the democratic side of things, we should be pushing for more, for a more secure Southern border. I think it's really important. We need to know who's coming across that Southern border. But I do think, uh, looking at it from the Republican point of view, time is, uh, is very, very much not on our side on this, uh, Ukraine war thing. And they are running out of resources rapidly. And look, some will say, well, you know, the military here can give them, uh, get, they can, you know, they can find money and give to them. Look, they could, but it would be at the expense of our security. And we certainly don't want to do that. And I don't think the military will do that. Because quite frankly, the military isn't there. Uh, their initial, their initial uh, uh, charge is to make sure this country stays safe. So I don't think we should expect them to pull money away from you know, manufacturing airplanes or submarines or boats or any other uh, line item in their budget to give to Ukraine, because if it makes us less safe, that's not a possibility. So Congress really needs to act here. And I think for us to go home tomorrow, which is what we're scheduled to go home without doing anything for a package that I hope does include Ukraine, Israel, uh, Indo-Pacific, uh, uh, southern border and and humanitarian aid, I think, is a huge, huge mistake on Congress's part. And 
both Republicans and Democrats, or both Democrats and Republicans, whatever order you want to put it in, because quite honestly, uh, Ukraine's fight is our fight. If, uh, if, if Ukraine loses, there is no doubt in my mind that Vladimir Putin goes into Poland, or Lithuania, or Latvia, or Moldavia, or somebody. He wants to reunite the old USSR, and he said that. We ought to take him at his word. And the question becomes for us, at what point in time do you say enough is enough? And I think the fact that Putin invaded a country that is looking to be a democratic country and loves freedom and loves democracy, man, we need to support that. We need, don't, we just shouldn't be doing it at the 11th hour. We should be doing it sooner rather than later. And, and I just think that this is a very, very dangerous position to be in with Ukraine in particular. It could rearrange the world order here, and it wouldn't be to our benefit. And, and I don't say that being a conspiracy theorist or an overreaction or anything. Uh, you see what's going on over there, man. These guys are communists. They don't like democracies. They're coming after us, and that's a fact. Uh, whether it's China or whether it's Russia or Iran, North Korea, they just soon see this country go away. And so supporting Ukraine, a place where we haven't lost one life, one American life has not been lost there, but they've done an incredible job beaten up on a country that's been our foe since I was born and before. Uh, I just think Congress needs to wake up and, and, and get this job done, support Ukraine, because the truth is if we support them, they will be able to end this war. They will be able to defeat Putin. I firmly believe that. But if we don't, Putin wins and then Putin continues. And the more Putin wins, the stronger he gets and the weaker we get. And that's not a good thing. Okay, now the public squabbles uh, politically here uh, seems like almost like giving aid and comfort to the enemy. Uh, you know, we've drawn the line which side we're on over there. Yep. And uh, border security, yeah, that uh, immigration reform, these are all big things, but to think that we can fix that in, in you know, several days after yep. it's been going on for years. I, I wanted to mention something. I saw a picture uh, it was the heat-seeking radar or uh, the f photography that they used yep. that showed people crossing the border wall. Yep. And I thought, yep. well, they must have gotten a ladder that was bigger that you mentioned. Yep. That's right. Well, look, I, I'm, not, I'm not arguing the fact that we, we shouldn't secure the border. We absolutely should secure the border, and I think you guys believe the same thing. I think what I'm saying is, is that you're right, Robin, this thing has gone on for decades at the southern border, literally decades. Um, Congress should have passed a comprehensive immigration bill that secured that border 10 years ago or longer, and they haven't. And, uh, and we're here, and it almost seems like you can't walk and chew gum at the same time. I, uh, you know, they're in negotiations uh, with they, the Senate and the House are in negotiations, not the House, Senate Democrats and the Senate Republicans are in negotiations. The White House was brought in yesterday. I've been in negotiations before, and if you stick to your guns and you're only going to do your thing, that isn't a negotiation. A negotiation was everybody gives a little and then you get a lot. And in the end, when I look at the agreement, I say to myself, well, this isn't what I really wanted, but I can live with it. And that's what they should be negotiating. And if you don't have the right people in the room negotiating, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> there is no way that you're going to get a result that solves the problem. 
and so uh, I just I just think that uh, uh, this is it's just so doggone frustrating because the truth is 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 the southern border is not connected to Ukraine. It is important we get secured, and I, I I will fight to make sure we get the southern border secured, and I will I will vote for funding to secure that border. But but the truth is is that Ukraine has come to a point where uh, they run out of money. Look, the only reason they're kicking the hell out of the Russians is because they're fighting for freedom and they got a fire in the belly. Russians got better equipment, they got more people, and, and they're still being defeated because the Russians don't believe in what they're fighting for. The Ukrainians do. And if they get to a point where they start running out of money, Russia, China, they're all flooding Ukraine right now with, with, with propaganda saying the United States is not on your side, they can't pass anything, You're, you guys are in big, big trouble. That tends to take away from the morale of troops that are fighting in the field. And so the sooner we get this done, the better ch chance there is for success all the way across the board. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping cooler minds come to the table and the negotiators do the job they need to do to get a bill that we can pass before we leave for Christmas, because I think it's really important we do that before we leave for Christmas. If we wait till next year, that's just kicking a can down the road another month, and this all should have been done two, three months ago. Senator John Tester is our guest. I want to give you a chance to uh, rest your voice for just a minute, and then I want to ask you about uh, improvements at Glacier Park International Airport. How many choices do you make in a day? From what clothes you wear to what's for lunch, there are many. We'd like to help the big ones be a little easier. This is Julia McDaniel with Glacier Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. There are many places to get a personal loan, online and here in town. If you choose Glacier Bank, we promise to do everything we can to make the process simple and pleasant and get you the money you need to make something exciting happen. Maybe it's a new vehicle, kitchen remodel, or summer toy. There are barbecue grills to consider and landscaping projects to think about. You make those decisions. Glacier Bank will handle the rest. Call or visit. Let's sit down with a cup of coffee and get things rolling. Now, what to make for dinner. Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again is John Hendricks. Senator John Tester is our guest this morning. and. Uh, well, John, uh, you were able to get us some more money for improvements at Glacier Park International Airport. Heaven knows we need it. Yep. So um, air travel is really, really important for the economy. It's important to be able to do business. It's important to connect you up with the world in this 21st century we live in. You've got a great airport in Kalispell. It, uh, it provides a heck of a service, and it's getting nicer every day. But they have they have continued cost improvements that they need to do that they don't need they shouldn't have many strings attached to, and so we were able to secure just a little over three million dollars for the Kalispell for the Glacier Park International Airport, so that they can do everything from runways to taxiways to projects in their terminal to transportation projects roadway projects. It is very very flexible for funding, and what that does is that gives your airport board and and the manager of the airport, the ability to put this money where it's most needed uh, without strings. We're not, we're not telling them you got to do this, you got to do that. You just take these improvement grants and improve your airport. So uh, when it comes to reliable, safe, affordable um, air travel, I think this is really important. I don't think we can expect 
people to fly if, if it's a bad experience in the terminal. And I don't think we can expect airlines to come into a place like Kalispell or any other airport in Montana that has the big airlines if we don't have good infrastructure. And so uh, this is this is to allow the airport in Kalispell to keep pace with the growing demand and technology demands that are out there and with incredible flexibility on how this money could be used. Well, there's no question. We're getting mighty busy out there. Uh, we flew out uh, to Seattle a couple of weeks ago, and uh, it was an early morning flight. There were no parking places. I found yep. two parking places in the whole airport, and I took one of them. Uh, that yeah. gives you kind of an idea just how busy this airport is now. So Kalispell Airport has grown exponentially. You know, when I first got elected, the, the, north, the old Northwest flight used to stop in Great Falls and dump off some people and then end up in Kalispell, and then take off Kalispell, stop in Great Falls, take on people, and fly to Minneapolis. That was, uh, that was back in 2007. Now, Kalispell has the second busiest airport in Montana. Uh, Bozeman is the busiest. Kalispell is the second busiest. They have grown exponentially. Um, the community, the national park right there with Glacier right there has really driven a lot of this. And I will tell you, you get, you're able to bring in people from outside the state, spend money. That's true economic development. And, uh, and I think that, that Northwestern Montana is, is growing fast. A lot due to that airport, quite honestly, uh, and, and, and the economic driver that it is. There's other things that are big economic drivers in the community, like the community college and things like that. But the truth is that airport is a huge economic driver for Northwest Montana. And talk a little bit about the American Innovation and Jobs Act that you helped negotiate. Yeah, so this was a situation where businesses weren't allowed to uh, fully deduct research and development expenses. It was a result of the 2017 tax bill that passed. That deduction was taken away. Well, research and development is one of the things that the United States leads the world in. And, and there are other countries, China in particular, that would love to be leading the world in R&D, but they aren't and they haven't and they won't if we're able to get this done because what this will do, it'll, it'll allow for tax credits, making sure that they can fully deduct businesses, can fully deduct research and development expenses, which, by the way, are a cost of doing business and they should be able to deduct them. And so this is just a, a, a matter, once again, of... Does this help create jobs? Does this help move the economy of Montana forward? And it does. And it really is a win-win thing, keeping the United States competitive with our foreign adversaries and supporting small businesses in the process. So the next question that Robin is going to ask you, John, is where's the beef? Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. This may seem like a silly question, but hear me out. My name is Courtney Holquist with Glacier Bank, member FDIC. When operating a business, would you rather things run smoothly or be a hassle? Easy answer, right? Using efficient products and services makes all the difference. Totally free business checking with Glacier Bank is one of those tools. It helps smart business owners like you keep profits up and costs down. Our totally free business checking requires no minimum to open and no monthly service charges. You also get 3,000 free monthly transaction items. Whether you're just starting out or expanding, Glacier Bank wants to keep your business running smoothly and succeed beyond your wildest dreams. Go to GlacierBank.com, call, or visit. How about today? Glacier Bank's Community Conversations. Here again 
is Robin Mitchell. Our guest today, U.S. Senator John Tester, little froggy. I I, I had laryngitis yeah. about a month ago. John was battling it, so we have uh, sympathy and empathy for you. Now, where's the beef? Uh, it's not in Paraguay, I hope. <laughs> no, no, it is not. So uh, I'm not unlike all your listeners and you guys. I believe in in, in Montana beef. I believe USA raises the best beef in the world. And so when we start bringing in beef from other countries, in this case Paraguay, uh, it's not as safe, quite honestly, and it's not raised in an environmentally friendly way as we raise it here in the U.S. And uh, and I just don't think it's good for the consumer or the producer. And in this case, um, uh, the, the White House said we're gonna we're gonna import uh, beef from Paraguay, and and I, I just don't think that's the right thing to do. And neither does a guy by the name of Mike Rounds, who's a senator from South Dakota. So we have a bipartisan uh, Congressional Review Act that will stop this this agreement from going into effect. Uh, you know, I used used to cut up meat. My wife and I took the business over, which was on the farm for my folks. And and I'm going to tell you, uh, Montana ranchers do an incredible job raising good good beef. And one of the reasons that, that we still, I still butcher my own. In fact, uh, 10 days ago, I, I went and butchered a beef, uh, drove 100 miles to get it because I like fed beef, and, uh, and brought it home, and we're going to cut it up when we get done here in Washington, D.C., and process it into steaks and roasts and burger and all sorts of good stuff. But I'm going to tell you, I, I look at that, that cow that we've got in the cooler right now, it's, it's amazing uh, the job that, that the people do in this country. So why should we want to screw that up? Uh, let's let the ranchers do their job. Let's let the feeders do their job. Let's let the processors do their job. And we're getting more and more of them in the state, and that's a good thing, and, and we need to keep them. And then, uh, and then the consumer wins on this deal. And because uh, quite honestly, uh, if you if you get a good steak and good burger, whatever it might be, you're going to come back and you're going to do that again. And that helps the economy of Montana once again. It all comes back to jobs and economy. And uh, and that's why Rounds and I are doing this uh, Congressional okay. Review Act because we just don't think it's the right thing to do. Yeah. Importing beef from beef from Paraguay uh, is not the right thing to do. Okay, now uh, where where do the labeling laws stand now? Do, if imported beef, does it have to be labeled as coming from outside of the country? I wish it did. I wish we had mandatory country of origin labeling, but we don't yet. Uh, we continue to work on that. We had it in Montana for a while. We had it in this country for a while, and then the WTO came in and said, "Oh, you can't do that." We didn't fight, and we should have fought because the truth is. Uh, is we need to know where our beef comes from. I always tell people I go buy a rim for my combine, it's got right on it what it is, product of whatever country, usually Canada. Well, we ought to have that the same thing for, for our beef so people know. But what happens is this, Robin. They bring in beef from Brazil or Paraguay or some other country. The big packers do this. They mix it all up. They have a USDA inspector there, so they can stamp it USDA inspected because it passes that USDA inspection. And people go to the beef market and they think, well, this is a product of USA because it's got a USDA inspection slip on it. All that means is it was inspected and it's, and it's safe to eat. It doesn't mean it's from the United States of America. So what we've fought for, unsuccessfully so far, but I'm going to continue to fight for it, is that there needs to be a sticker if this stuff comes from another country 
or if it was raised in the U.S. And the big packers say, oh, you know, we can't keep this stuff separate baloney. They have the audit trail to keep it separate. They just don't want to because they have a market advantage because the consumer thinks it all comes from the U.S. And by the way, if in fact uh, we're able to do that, I think it really does help the consumer and it also helps the, the, the ranchers out there that are, have got the cow-calf operations. It's a win-win deal. Why we're still talking about this is beyond me. And, and then when WTO says you can't do it, let's fight the damn thing. Let's fight it out in court. They, they do it for everything else, but you don't do it for beef. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Now, do, I, I have seen beef in the market that has Montana on it. So maybe yep. part of the, uh, the solution is making sure that our uh, beef from this state all has yep. that origin on it. Absolutely right. And I don't know what the, what the state has done on that, but, but once again, it adds value. Like, uh, uh, like Angus beef, you know, at that, mm -hmm. that's a value added opportunity. Beef raised in Montana, that's a value added opportunity that we ought to continue to take advantage of for sure. Well, John, I'm going to let you kind of run here to your, your rest voice. your voice. Yeah, rest your voice. <laughs> yeah. You've got a lot to do here in the next couple of days. And, uh, sure and let's see if we can get some help for Ukraine. I appreciate that, fellas, and uh, everybody out there. Have a Merry Christmas and Happy Holiday season, and I hope you have the best New Year ever, and uh, and uh, just enjoy your family. Take care. Be well, okay? All right, John. Thanks so much. Thanks. It's Glacier Bank's Community Conversations, a service of Glacier Bank, where your checking is totally free. Just about anywhere you are in northwest Montana, you'll find a Glacier Bank office nearby, keeping you connected to your friends and your community, an important part of the mission of Glacier Bank, member FDIC and an equal housing lender. 